Welcome <laughs> to your shelf or mine. I am Becky Standel, your services librarian at the Longview Public Library. I am Elizabeth Partridge at the same library, but I have a different position. Adult. Adult services librarian. That's correct. We are recording a little bit off schedule today. Yes. We are a week later. Yeah. Okay. But we're here today to talk about a book with garden in the title. Right. And maybe a little update of what's happening at the library. Sure. If we want to hold off on any updates. No, I think we're good. I think, uh, I, well, as everyone will be in their own situation, similar situation by the time this comes out. Yeah. We are Day all... Day-to-day things are changing. Correct. Yeah. We're all working around the coronavirus in- incident. Pandemic. Pandemic right now. And so um, every day we are keeping an eye on the situation in order to best serve our public. Right. That's exactly what we're doing. So we do have stuff on the books coming up. We do. Yeah. And I guess, you know, depending on whenever this comes out, I guess the biggest disclaimer is you know, call your local library or, or get on their webpage to find out if anything has yeah. changed. And it's not just the library. It's anything that's happening that's a public event or, or a public uh, activity. Mm-hmm. Just call before you go because they may have canceled it in order to limit the spread of disease. disease. So, so what's our website? Our website is www.longviewlibrary.org. Great. Make sure you do .org mm-hmm. because .com is Longview, Texas, and that's not going to help you. That's not us. No. I mean, if you live in Texas, go ahead. Look that one up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could be fans of us and be living anywhere, yeah, really. absolutely. But we started the seed library at the beginning of this month. Did we talk mm-hmm. about that? We did. Okay. It, yeah, we talked about that it was coming, and that is what prompted Becky's choice on uh, mm-hmm. garden book. Yep. So, so it's all related, mm-hmm. just like the MCU. Correct. <laughs> um, so that's been going really well. Wonderful. Um, it actually has been. So we, um, Austin and his uh, group of volunteers that he has called the seedy characters... <laughs> They have gotten all of the crop seeds out to the public. So they've made all of those that we had donated available for um, people to take home and plant. And they had been working diligently on the native non-crop, native slash non-crop, the non-crop flowers, flowers, bushes, trees, whatever they had. The, and they are out now. Yes. He, they just got those up and running. So if you checked out your three packets of crops but never got your um, flowers or plants, you can come back and get those and get three more. Have you picked out some? I have not. I actually spent all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. Was it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday, because it quit raining. 
I spent all day Sunday finding my garden because you remember mm-hmm. I told you I hadn't been able to mow my lawn in yeah. like forever. And so it was a, a hay field and the garden was even worse. I couldn't even, I couldn't even you know see what you it. Do. It was a raised bed. So you should have hired a goat. You know, if I had that kind of time or energy, I'd go hire a goat. You know what? That's kind of not true because down the street from me, not goats, they have sheep and they'll take them anywhere. Oh, yeah. And, and drop them off and put a little um, mobile fence uh-huh. and portable fence. And, and they'll, your just, lawn. they'll just fence their sheep in and they'll eat your cool. lawn and then come back and get their sheep. So That's fun. Yeah, but I didn't do that. I just used the lawnmower. That can be fun too. It was. It took a very long time because the grass was so thick. And even on the riding mower, it was bogging down the mower blades. You so, needed a um, thresher. <laughs> yeah. Well, it definitely, um, it took a long time. But it was, it's great. It's all done. And, and I see my garden now. I have not cleaned out the weeds yet. Um, I did get cut them all back and get it ready to do that. But I haven't actually dug it up. So that's my next step. I weeded my vegetable bed the other day uh-huh. and I dug up some potatoes Scarlet O'Hara style Ooh! then I ate them last night I made scalloped potatoes Ooh. and there it's really good I love scalloped potatoes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch left nice mm. I made um, coconut chicken soup Thai uh-huh. style Found a new recipe. I think I like, except for it wasn't spicy enough. So I need to mm. need to fix that. I also need to find galangal locally. I don't even know what that is. It's kind of like ginger. Oh, it looks okay. kind of like ginger. I'm gonna have to go to Portland. I think mm. there's a new Asian grocery store that has opened up that I have yet to visit. So that's a good reason mm. to go. That is a good reason to go. Matilda and I were just in Portland. Yes, you were. We saw Frozen live um, on Broadway. Oh my god! Broadway in Portland, mm-hmm. and it was great. Right. Um, I recommend it. It was better than the movie. Oh, those are fighting words in some people's homes. Mm, probably just people who haven't seen the live version. The live version. Mm-hmm. Matilda was blown away. Yeah, she loved it. So the production much. value of that was just like incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was hilarious because she got home. It was what ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Yeah, when she it was finally got eleven. Home. And uh, she came into my room and she was like, "I want to do my bedroom like that." I was <laughs> it's like, cool, but you need to move out. <laughs> <laughs> no, she needs sheets of Swarovski so she, crystals. No, she decided that no, I need to rent the room out and she'd be the oh, roommate. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, either way. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, would you like to rent this frozen room? It comes with Anna. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But she'd have to be in costume. She wouldn't have a problem. Well, one, one well, day she well, could be Elsa, the next day she could be Anna. Well, like maybe the person who rented the room, they'd want to be Elsa. Yeah, you never know. You know, maybe they want to be, you know, Olaf. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a work in progress. So if you see something on Airbnb that's a <laughs> frozen room with roommates, it's probably my house. <laughs> Come on over. That'll be cute. It will be. What else is the haps? 
Do you know? Census. Well, yeah, the census day is coming up. That's still um, planned for April 1st, and that is an opportunity for if you want to fill out your census form after you get your postcard. The postcards should, should be, be arriving today. today. Yeah. So they should be arriving today. Well, I got my, um, you know, like I'm signed up to get notices from the post uh-huh. USPS when my mail is coming and right. I got that yesterday. Oh, so okay. it should be there today. There today. Fantastic. So once you have your postcard for your household that has your unique identifying number, you can go online to the census page and fill out your form using that number. Now, uh, if you don't have a computer or internet access, you can bring your form into the library and we will walk you through how to fill out your census form online. But you have to have that number. And it's not for every individual. And I know that we mentioned this last time. It is for the household. Mm -hmm. So whoever gets the postcard has to fill it out based on the reality of April 1st, 2020 for the entire household. So keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. What else? Um, well, just regular stuff. We're going on a little break pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, For right now, we are still planning to show movie night on the 24th. Right. Yeah. For now. You know, and, and, you know, (laughs) it's... For now, we're still planning (laughs) this. Yeah. For now. Until we know otherwise, everything is a go. So... Um, you have movie night coming in. We have the score workshop on the 21st. That, you know, whenever it's a, an entity from outside that's doing the, the workshops or the classes, they may choose to cancel. So it's a very good idea to call the library ahead of time to make sure that the um, group giving the class or presentation hasn't already canceled. Mm-hmm. But um, so far, we're planning to have that. We are probably going to do that with the instructor electronically attending Mm. because the instructor is part of the vulnerable population and she would like to not get the germs. So, which makes sense. And regardless of what happens there, we are taking a break from story times. um, The first two weeks of April. um, And that's a scheduled break for us to do. Real serious summer reading planning. Yeah. And to finalize our brochure. Right. It looks good so far. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of things happening um, as we run into spring. And, you know, given that our our inability to be very (laughs) firm, um, we plan on having a lot of events as long as we are able. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we're looking two months ahead, anything that you know that's coming up two months ahead, it's probably going to happen. It just depends on what our situation turns into. So, and right now, our situation is probably one of the better ones in the state. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, let knock on wood for Micah. Whatever yeah. But you can always, like, get the sense of the library just by listening to um, old episodes of our podcast and just, like, pretending we're there with you. (laughs) Hug, hug. (laughs) Not really hugging because we're not supposed to touch right now. But Right. Yeah. Just, like, a mental hug from six feet away. Aw. It's so warm. (laughs) It was so cold this morning. Oh, my gosh. I am so tired of the frost everywhere. (laughs) 
Stop it already. And it's deceptive because it is actually sunny right now, but yeah. it's so crisp outside that it's your bones are frozen just walking outside. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I, I just want warm. I just that's all I want. Someday. One day. Me too will have a warm climate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, All right. you want to talk about your books? Yeah, we can do that. I have, I don't remember if I mentioned it last time, but my girls want, have wanted for a very long time their own secret garden. Mm-hmm. And so. Who doesn't though? Well, true. Yeah. And we have. Let's be real. We have the room for it. And um, we have had ideas over the years to do it. Um, but. Uh, we haven't actually put a whole lot of time and effort into it. So we decided this was our opportunity to look through some books because it was on our list um, and decide maybe there are some things that we actually can do to start heading toward the secret garden. And then I asked Austin if he would be willing to weigh in on some of those decisions so that it could grow quickly and well for our area. So and he said he would, which is great because... <laughs> I still wouldn't start otherwise. So so the book that I read was called A Child's Garden, and it is actually, uh, it says 60 Ideas to Make Any Garden Come Alive for Children. And it has, <laughs> I, I posted all these post-its. <laughs> yeah, I put a whole bunch Give of post-its in there um, of different flowers and situations that we could mm-hmm. take pieces of and incorporate into our own Backyard. Like a swing? Yeah. Well, you didn't bookmark the swing. No, we don't want to swing because everybody's not swing age. Um, not that kind of swing. But um, <laughs> What's swing age? Well, I think that there's a certain time in life when you don't do rope swings anymore and you, you know, spend a little more on a real swing. So. Yeah, she's just like, that's... Yeah, you'd need a more supportive swing than that. Correct, yeah. And, That's what and, you're saying. I mean, obviously, you know my love of a hammock. Hammocks. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there are some really cute things. There's like little ponds, mm-hmm. and then there are trees with cubbies under them where you can hide. And so we're trying to make it a fun place that looks like a secret garden from your childhood, but keeping in mind that we're all older than that now. And <laughs> so, mostly grown ups. Exactly. And so we want comfortable things where we can sit and read books or just sit out and enjoy a cup of coffee. And this book has all kinds of really neat ideas that I think if we took them all together, we could incorporate them. The other thing that it did is it kind of brought in crop growing Mm -hmm. into your secret garden space. And so I thought that was a great idea too. And I think I don't know enough about where to plant certain things like full sun, shade, all of that. Sure. And so the book will come in handy, but so will people with actual knowledge. So, But I liked this book um, because it did offer a lot of different types of plants, a lot of different types of growing areas, a lot of different, yeah. We'll take over your life. Yeah. Don't plant those. Don't plant that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different um, uh, scenes that you could you could try mm-hmm. to do. And, and, you know, not any one of them was exactly what I wanted, but there was enough 
choice in the in the pictures and the ideas that I could take something from several of them and put them together and come up with what I'd really like it to look like. I like how many photographs this book Isn't has. Isn't it nice? Yeah. So you remember we were talking about the recipe book. If the recipe yeah. book had had this many photographs in it like this, wow, oh yeah. my gosh, I would have been in heaven. This is like mostly photographs. Exactly. It's like, this is cool. Yeah. This is and like a tree that's been um, espaldeared into a little heart shape. Yeah. And, you know, it would be super fun to do uh-huh. animal shaped topiaries and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, do that. this is what I, this is what I would really like. Yeah, that would I be love, spectacular. Um, like, what are they called? Turf mazes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of pictures of those pinned on my <laughs> uh, Pinterest boards. Yeah, and my yard is actually pretty large, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I want to keep part of it just as open lawn, and one of those would be great for just yeah. Lawn. What I always wanted to do because we really like to roller skate, I always wanted to do um, a roller skating path, you know, an actual paved yeah. roller skating path all the way around the yard. That would be cool. So, I mean, that could be in the in the making as well. Yeah, yeah, this that is would cool. be fun. Yeah, there are. There's like I haven't. I know that this exists because I've looked for it, but there's like um. Like a website that lists all of like the the public parks that ha- or or gardens that have um, turf mazes. Oh yeah, so that you can go to go all of them. Yeah. yeah, and then there's this. Uh, I think it started as just one guy, but I think it's like a group now that does like um, the draw big mazes in the sand, like mm-hmm. on the Oregon coast, oh, yeah. and they have like a few big events a year that are scheduled, and but sometimes you can just go and they've made one, and oh, you neat. can um, walk the walk maze. The maze. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. So I'm excited about your maze. Thanks. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's all baby steps, this this whole thing. And Step I one, have not a giant even, maze. Yeah, exactly, a giant, you know, 300-foot maze. <laughs> I have not even cleaned out my vegetable garden, which kind of takes precedence this year, considering we have the seed library. But, you know, now that we have the the natives and the non-crops, then I think I can go through those and see, maybe I can start planting something that will one day be a wall, you know. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to have no physical structures aside from the bench and maybe an arbor to hold up the wisteria kind of thing. I really wanted to have hedges as the walls and and trees with like weeping willow type structures to be the path to the next area. Uh But that's all long term planning. Scary scarecrow. Mm. And that's, uh, you know, somebody will need to actually, I will need to actually sit down with somebody who knows how things work in the garden world because... You know, I, I put something in the ground and I just expect it to do its thing. And <laughs> Sometimes that works. Par- apparently that's not always the case. So, it depends. Yeah. So what I'd really like to do, and this is my goal. I mean, I know my gardening abilities and I know my gardening likes and dislikes. So I grow the things I know will satisfy those needs and wants. And I need to translate that into this garden. And so... Um, I want something that is going to kind of grow without a whole lot of supervision and that's going to produce the structural Mm -hmm. components that I need it to do without a whole lot of coaxing. And so... You um, know what I thought was really cool when I was a kid? No. These people... I don't even... 
that we knew. Mm-hmm. How did we know them? That's not important. I don't know. But they'd, every summer they'd have like this huge like bean teepee. Oh, neat. And when it got really full, like you could go in it and it was like a, it's a, it was a kid place. Right. Yeah. Right. Man, that was the coolest. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't need to have a whole lot of structure. You need a giant bean teepee. I don't need that. I would love, I love wisteria. I love the look of it and the smell and I really like those pergolas with with uh, wisteria just all over them. Mm-hmm. And if I had only that, I'd probably be sad. It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> and a bench. <laughs> I'm good. That's as secret as my garden needs to be. Uh, you know, you, you understand my my weather requisitions for hammock time. Mm-hmm. So if if it's hot summer and a hammock, great. I'm all for it. But if it's cold, nasty, I can't even hang my hammock outside, that will just make me cry. So I don't want that. But I did like this book. And it's Molly, I would say, Dannenmeyer. That looks like how I would say it, too. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a very long last name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the pictures are beautiful. The descriptions are, are easy to read and, and you know... If you're like me in National Geographic, you spend more time looking at the picture anyway. <laughs> National Geographic. That's what it's for. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would say if you're looking at making a garden for kids, there's a lot of good ideas in here. And it's not just flowers and bushes. There, It talks about how to incorporate food plants mm-hmm. into your gardening as well. And then the kids are really close to that. And so you kind of perpetuate that idea of growing your own food. So which is a good thing to be doing. Right. Yeah. So it's a two thumbs up. From you? From me. Great. Yeah. I read something really very different. Yeah, you. I read a how-to garden book. <laughs> and I read a novel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the book I read is called The Forgotten Garden by Kate Morton. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Wonderful. So I had read... The Distant Hours by her several years ago. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things that I liked about The Distant Hours is also what I liked about this book. And in a way is kind of something that I just like in books. Um, There's like a family secret. So if you have already read your garden book, but you need a family secret book, like you could read this one. Wonderful. um, If you wanted to. It's not short. Mm -hmm. It's like 550 pages. It's not short at all. Um, but, um, and it's from, so she's, you know, a best-selling author and this book was published in 2008. Uh So, um, there's a chance you've read it before, but it is about a couple of different women, um, through different periods of time. And it kind of goes, um, back and forth between their different stories. So in the present day, there is Cassandra, and she is Australian. This book starts in Australia. And her grandmother, Nell, um, has just died. And she finds out from her attorney mm-hmm. that she has left her her house in Australia, which was no surprise. They lived there together. Mm-hmm. But also a cottage in England that she knew nothing about. Uh-huh. So that's like the mystery of the book for Cassandra. And then there's parts from Nell's perspective um, in like the mid-70s, right before 
Cassandra moved in with her as like a young girl. Okay. Where she is trying to figure out like where she came from. Okay. Because she grew up in Australia. Her mom died young. And she had a bunch of younger sisters. She was kind of the oldest. And that was always explained as like um, because of the war. Okay. But after her mother died and on her like 18th birthday, her father decides to tell her the truth. Uh Uh-oh. Which is that she's not their biological child. Uh That he found her abandoned at the wharf or docks or whatever where he worked. Right. Like she had gotten off a boat there and there was no adult to like claim her or who came. So she was she was walking age or she was four. Four, okay. I think. Okay. Or six. Okay. Still little. Yeah. Yeah. Young enough that she eventually forgot. Correct. Um and they had had a hard time starting a family mm-hmm. and he just took her home and then they just kept her. Kept her. Yeah. Nobody else wanted her. <laughs> um, and this like blew her mind when she was young. She had like been engaged and all of this stuff. She like broke her engagement. Her whole like life is in turmoil because she found out she'd been like an abandoned child and she knew nothing about her past. Okay. And then and her father died. And this is like in the seventies when her part is like the most, the most of her sections take place. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> she inherits from him this small white suitcase that she had had with her when he found her mm-hmm. that she hadn't ever really seen before. Okay. And in the suitcase is this old fairy tale book. And that's kind of how she starts her investigation of like where she came from and why. So the book is illustrated by this famous portrait artist who um, had only done these like fairy tale sketches for this short period of time mm-hmm. by this British author of fairy tales that only wrote for a short period of time and then like disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so she uses that to go to England and try to figure things out. But then when she comes back to Australia, her daughter just like drops Cassandra off at her house and she never finishes figuring it out. Wow. So like 30 years later, it's her granddaughter who's doing it. Okay. And then the other part is the writer okay. and her story, which starts when she was very small, living in like a slummy part of London. Okay. And her mom also had a secret that she was keeping from her. So there's like all these layers of family of secrets. secrets. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, they're all connected in some way. Uh-huh. And... Cassandra, I think, is like the, well, I don't know. It's hard to say if there's a main person or not. But when she goes to England, she starts kind of uncovering these things. And as the other sections are introduced in the book, they kind of play off what she's finding out. Okay. okay. But there are definitely things that we learn as readers that she never learns by the end of the book wow. because we have these other perspectives. Uh-huh. And then there's some things that are never resolved. Oh, no. Which is... I don't like those when they're never resolved. <laughs> I don't like those. It was just like, mm, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess you can make some assumptions. But yeah. the, the garden in the title, so the cottage that she inherits was, so it's on the coast of, I don't know. So it's on the coast and the cottage is like right there by the sea. Uh-huh. And it's like part of, it had been part of this big like estate. Uh-huh. And the people who ended up buying the whole estate turned the like big house or whatever into a hotel 
and then sold to Nell. I'm <laughs> forgetting everyone's names. The little cottage when she came to visit because they, they, it was just like a liability for them. Okay. And her coming and saying she wanted to buy it was like a miracle. Okay. Anyways, but it's been locked up this whole time. Uh-huh. And so she goes and she, you know, gets in the house and she starts cleaning it up and figuring things out and then discovers a secret garden mm-hmm. that's been totally walled off for decades. Okay. And um, starts to work in there too. And that like is part of these like generations of family secrets as well. Huh. There's also a part in the book where um, in like one of the past sections uh-huh. where Francis Hodgson, 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 uh-huh. Burnett the writer of The Secret Garden, mm-hmm. you say her name correctly, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is like at a, at a garden party at the like rich family's house. And she's like, oh, I heard about The Secret Garden. I want to go see it. And it's like, you know, like that's where she got her uh-huh. idea for the book. Uh-huh. And then I read some review that's like, how dare they? <laughs> exactly. Like, mm, how presumptuous. Mm. But I thought it was kind of fun. That is funny. It's kind of metatextual. Yeah. 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 Um, but I really liked it. Um, I like those kind of like intergenerational secret books yeah. where it's like similar things keep happening to the family over the years and they keep trying to like, you know, make these big steps like to make it not happen and right. it does any, anyway. And it happens anyway. Yeah. It's kind of like the time machine, you know, regardless of what right. you do, the the ending is the mm-hmm. same. So yeah. yeah. And there was like, like a little bit of like, like a hint of maybe there being like a magical element, but enough so that if you don't care for it, you can just ignore it. Oh, but if so you do like it, like I do, can, I'm like, ooh. You grab a hold of yeah. it. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's like never resolved. It's like, is this like... Is it magic? Yeah. yeah. Or is it a coincidence? You know, well, is but it? when you when you start thinking philosophically, mm. then all of that is a coincidence, right? <laughs> I thought you were going to say all of it is magic. Well, that's just it. Magic <laughs> is coincidental. Um, yeah. And so like her other book that I liked, The Distant Hours, is about... Uh, an adult woman who is had been sent to live on like an English estate during the London Blitz. And she has some sort of book or something as well. Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to like figure out what happened. There's some mystery of when she lived there and the, like the sisters that she was staying with as a child mm-hmm. and then other stuff happening. Those are, I like those kinds of stories a lot. Right. right. Yeah. Those are good stories, and that um, if you didn't get your family mm-hmm. secret book, and yeah. that sounds like a perfect choice. Yeah. yeah, I started reading one that was my family secret one, and I think I told you about it. It was one of the Moriarty oh, mm-hmm. women, and I'm ready. And I, I could, I'm ready it. to talk about that category too anytime. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I read like three or four books in the last week that can count in that category. I read three or four self-help books in the last week. They're, they're all small business building, leadership building. So we could talk about oh. that one. Yeah. That's, I haven't what, read any of those. That's what we decided is our Oh, next I had one. Category, I was going right? to read Deep Work and oh. then it I never did and it got returned on yeah. Libby. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this month on Libro FM, um, on the audiobooks that we were given to, to look at, um, there were several small business books, so I, of course, glommed yeah. onto them as quickly as I could. So, yeah, and I, and one of them is a, a new um, John Maxwell book 
Um, the leader's greatest return. And that's the one I'm going to talk about next time. It's about, you know, being a good leader and then growing good leaders as you go. So, which is, seems like a really good idea. Yeah. But I'm going to talk about it now because that's next Next time. time. So next time we're talking about (sighs) self-help. What are we doing? I don't know. What am I doing? What are you doing? Where's my, oh, here it is. Where's my folder? Hey oh. <laughs> Did you read the toll yet? No, I'm waiting for your father to get done with oh, it. Oh right. Right. I think he did finish it. Well what the heck? I'll text him. All right. Because I was on next. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get it back from him. Um what did I what am I? Where am I? Who am I? You are in the KLOG studios. <laughs> Now you're in the barn. <laughs> okay, so so how <laughs> how technical are we on the horse on the cover? Could it be a donkey? No. Dang it. A donkey is not even like <laughs> it's, it's like half a horse. That's a mule. It's like half a horse. That's a mule. Donkey is not It's half in a the horse. same family. Equine. Uh, it has to be a horse. It has to be a horse. Why? What did you want to read? Oh, there was just a new audiobook that came out that had a picture of a donkey on it. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's kind of like a horse. But it isn't. Yeah. If you'd pretended you I thought knew, it was a horse. I knew you were going to say no, so I wasn't super How pushing How dare you? <laughs> oh, man. Man, I need to finish these. I have like four audiobooks going on right now. Me too. I'm listening. I was listening to Author in Chief. Mm. Oh, you were listening to that. Yes. I, I was and I to see what you said about that. I'm like almost halfway through. I really, I, sp- I listened to hours of it on President's Day. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I was in just commemorating. I, I, yeah. I was like, um, nice. I'll just do this. And I, I like it a lot. Yeah. But then I stopped reading it. I haven't gone back to it. Oh. And then, like I told you, um, and I see I never finished the body, the Bill Bryson one, mm-hmm. but I'm like three, two thirds of the way done. It cool. looks like, mm-hmm. um, but that's been a while. And mm-hmm. then I started listening to invisible women. Oh, you did. That, oh, right. That you were just telling me about. I was just about. telling yeah. you about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have that one out on Libby. Oh, you do. So I have the, um, so I did the John Maxwell book. That was the, um, leader's greatest return. Sure. And that one, he kept referencing the 360-degree leader. So, of course, I had to go find that mm-hmm. one. And then that one references the workbook that goes with it. So of I had to go find that one. Both of which, I will have you know, are on Hoopla. How lucky is that? Oh, that is lucky. Yeah. So I, I went from the leader's greatest return over to the 360-degree leader. So I'm listening and reading the workbook at the same time on that one. So maybe by the time we do the next one, I will have all three of them to talk about in right. terms of leadership development. Yeah, this deep work one I was going to listen to and then it got returned. This is by Cal Newport. And you had recommended him to me before, but I don't remember what that book was. It wasn't the same book. No, it wasn't that book. Yeah. Do you remember what it was? I don't. Mm-mm. I'm looking to see if I might have Great. It. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> looking to see. hey I had Bill Bryson's The Mother Tongue checked out at one time. Mm. I haven't read that one yet, though. Anyway, so based on your recommendation, I am reading Stories of Your Life and Others. Oh, good. I I told told somebody, who did I tell? Hillary, um, 
because she was wanting a recommendation for hard science fiction to Mm. go on the list. And she asked if she could read that one. Mm. And I said, I think his other short story collection, Exhalation, is mm-hmm. more hard sci-fi right, right. than Stories of Your Life and Others. I would agree. I would agree. I think that the one that they based the movie on, that main story, mm-hmm. is a little hard sci-fi. Yeah. But none of the others. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That one where the guy is altered and he finds the other guy that's oh, uh-huh. That's pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a mix of, like, my favorite one, I think, in that collection is the first one, which is The Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you told me yeah. about that one. That was a really good story and <laughs> uh, really you so know, disconcerting because you're just like, dang. Yeah. It's all for naught. Why do you feel like <laughs> I say dang, like, after every bu- every story? <laughs> right, right. Well, and what's the name of the movie? Arrival. Arrival. So... I saw the movie because you had recommended. Uh-huh. So I was amazed at, you know, because I'm I'm recalling the movie as I'm reading the story and um that's some good screenplay out of it, it yeah. really is and and I was a little so, so can I do spoilers? Spoilers. Yeah. Okay. So I was a little sad that in the movie they killed her off as a teenage girl when in this book she oh. was much older. I mean not much yeah. older but she was had at least gone to college and gotten a life before she right. died. So I was I was a little bit sad at that, but it wouldn't have been so emotionally mm-hmm. gripping if right. in the movie if I think she had they been needed a to financial like, analyst yeah. <laughs> in her twenties or something. But, right. And then yeah. also if you the more range of life a person has in a film that's more actors you have to hire. Exactly. Yeah. Cause she could be just the kid that was in the hospital. Right. Yeah. And and that's the other thing, you know, she died of a horrible disease in her teens and yeah. which which you know was a whole different feeling i think than than the story so but the story right. is actually i mean i like it quite a mm-hmm. bit i like how i i am um i am curious at uh cuz i did see the movie first so i already know right and i'd seen the movie first generally. too and so it's funny that it's not detracting from how much i right. like the story and that and you, know, you like, know me yeah, with movies yeah. and stories it's it, i can't and it too, like, I really like the story of itself, but it also, because of the way that it's different than the movie, mm-hmm. makes me kind of appreciate the movie more and how well-written well the movie is. Right. Well, and it makes you kind of happy because it is a little bit of a different yeah. story. So you're you're aware, mm-hmm. but it's not the exact same thing. So you're not... Yeah. You're not you're not judging it as harshly as if it were like Lord of the Rings and you're like, yeah. And you're like, why'd they do that? That's really, yeah. It's not little women. Exactly. Listen to that episode. (laughs) That's hilarious. It's like, if you want to make a biopic, then make a biopic. Right. So anyway, we're getting kicked out. So we got to go. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on our shortened version of our late podcast we don't know what's going on no and and neither do you because coronavirus <laughs> we don't know what's going on and neither do you <laughs> thanks for listening i'm becky i'm elizabeth bye-bye bye studio time for your shelf or mine is donated by klog cooking country and 1015 the wave We at the Longview Public Library thank our local stations for their ongoing support. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McEldry from A Song for You. Find Megan on Facebook or Twitter at Meg McEldry or online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McEldry. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McEldry.
Hey yo. <laughs> I do not like that. 